everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. That's a picture of what it means to seek God first, to be able to understand that he is above all things and he's before all things and that he doesn't just want to be important to you and me, but he needs to be first in all things. And so we need to invite him in every area of our life and our time and our treasures and our talent. And so we're in this series called First. And uh, it's important to understand this season because we have a primary goal and we have a secondary goal. Our primary goal is that every single one of us who call New Point their home would be engaged in asking this question. Is Jesus important or is he first? And then there's a secondary goal and that is our mission advancement. And that is that as we seek God with all of our heart, that we would ask him, how would you have me play a role in ensuring that our mission advancement is fulfilled and that we continue to reach people for Christ, that we continue to inspire people to follow Jesus, that we continue to make disciples of those who call him Savior. And so what is it that keeps us from putting God first in all things. It's faith. It's trust. And we would say here at New Point that faith is that God is one who promises and delivers, that he is who he says he is, and that he will do what he has promised to do. The Hebrew man would say, God is not first, because he's not a priority, he would say, in God I trust. And I trust him completely and I trust him fully because ultimately the reason why we don't place God first in our life is because we don't trust him. Because if we trust him, we'd put him first. And Jesus talked about this because he knows about life because he did life. He visited earth a little over 2,000 years ago. And here's what he said. Matter of fact, this was in his first message. So as he was kicking off his, his ministry, here's one of the things that he said. So don't worry about these things. What things? The things about life that you and I worry about, that we have a tendency to put above God and before God. He says what we eat <clears throat> and what we will drink <clears throat> and what we will wear. He says these things dominate the thoughts of who? Unbelievers, people who don't even know me but your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else, above all things, before all things, and live righteously, be in right relationship with God and be in right relationship with one another. And he will give you what? Most things? No, he will give you everything that you need. And Jesus is addressing here a very important thing. He's drawing a line of, of distinction here. He is saying that your source of provision, your source of peace doesn't come from things. It doesn't come from that of the world. It doesn't even come from yourself. It comes from God himself. By knowing him and by living in his kingdom and by seeking his kingdom above all other things. 
It's living as Jesus rules and eternity is real. Would you believe that? You see, if you're not a Christ follower here today, here's what true Christ followers believe. Jesus rules. He's large and he's in charge. He's a king above all kings. He deserves everything. And eternity is real. We're going to spend more time on that side of the grave than we are on this side of the grave. And so that's what we want to talk about today, because that's not a theory. That's a promise from Jesus, and he keeps his promises. And so we've been looking at this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. It's called the book of Colossians. And he's writing to a church who started out well, but what happened is they got sidetracked. Jesus was ultimately first in their life, and what had happened was the culture had influenced the church instead of the church influencing the culture. And now Jesus was just one of many things in their life. They live compartmentized life. You know, we got Jesus over here, and we, we, we've got my sexuality over here, and we've got my money here, and we've got our, har- our, our hobbies here, and we got our career here. And Paul is driving home. It doesn't work that way. You see, Colossae was famous for array of temples, prostitutions, and superstitious practices and traditions. It was full of all kinds of options. You could pick any God you want, whatever you wanted, however you wanted him to be, you could pick that kind of God and you could adapt him or even her, to you. If you wanted better health, you just chose that kind of God. If you wanted to be fertile, ladies, you picked that kind of a God. If you wanted to be prosperous, you picked that kind of a God. If you want a sexual preference, you picked that kind of a God. And so what happens is they were choosing their God. They had Jesus here, but they also had these other things on the side. They were in Rome. They were among quote-unquote pagans. And then they had Jews who had their legalistic views of tradition. And so they were in a a point of where they were being torn both to and fro. And that's why Paul was saying, you will go crazy because you will be a double-minded man. You need to be able to put Christ first. He needs to have preeminence in all of your life so that what happens is you'll have clarity, you'll have courage, you'll have conviction and you will enjoy life the way in which I intended it to be. So the people in Colossae, they had a Jesus and fill-in-the-blank mentality, whatever suit their desire. They didn't discard Jesus. They just didn't think that they, they, they had to have him as first in their life. They could have all of these other things, that he could be compartmentized in their life, in their sexuality, in their possessions, in their pleasure, all of it, in their way of thinking, in their way of of doing life. They've got Jesus, and they got all these other things. And Paul was saying, no, that's not what I taught you. That's not how you came to Christ. He must have preeminence in your life. And in Christ, he says that, that he possesses the fullness of God, that Christ shows the ultimate love, that Christ shows the ultimate power, that Christ shows the ultimate way to live, that he defeated the enemy, which is Satan, who wants to destroy your life and my life. 
And so once you have Christ, you have it all. You know, Jesus said, if you'll seek his kingdom, you'll have everything you need. And so it's not Jesus Christ, it's Jesus Christ plus nothing equals what? Equals everything. And yet the influence of the world came into the church. And Paul writes these words to them. He says this, he says, be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy or empty deceit based on what? Human tradition. Oh, oh, you know what? You can have Jesus and have everything else that you want. You can have Jesus and live however you want based on the elements of the world. What's the elements of the world? If it feels good, do it. I won't deny myself anything. If I desire something, if I want something, if I want to pleasure myself with something or in some way, I will do it. He says, based on the elements of the world, rather than who? Rather than Christ. You see, the worldly ways is to obtain power and, and, and to be able to obtain salvation and that you can do it through Christ, but you can go and do whatever you want to. And yet, Paul is saying, that's not how you came to Christ. When you have Christ, you lack nothing. Once you have the fullness of Christ, you lack nothing. And he's driving home this point that Jesus must have preeminence in your life. He's driving home the point that Jesus shared through the Sermon on the Mount. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will give you everything else that you need. And so Paul is writing this letter and he continues with this thought. And he says, since then you have been raised with Christ. That means that you have been saved. Okay, he's raised you from death to life. Set your hearts on things above. Set your affections, okay? The things that you love, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. You see, when you were raised with Christ, when you trusted Jesus Christ as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, you were saved. You were raised with him. And how are we saved? Well, Paul tells the church in Rome, okay? Just a stone's throw away. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is what? Lord. What does it mean to be Lord? Absolute authority. Absolute control. Supreme. First. If you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? You will be saved. And there's two things. You have to confess that Jesus is first. You have to confess that Jesus is, is, has preeminence in all things. If you don't, you're not saved. And see, that's how they started. And he said, then you got to believe it in your heart. And so he says here, set your heart on things that are above, not on things that are temporary. And so he's challenging this group of people to remember that Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so we have to ask ourselves, do I love things that are temporary more than I love the things that are eternal? You see, we have to ask ourselves because every time you and I make a choice, we decide whether we love that which is eternal or that which is temporary. So you tell me how you spend your time and your talents and your treasure, and we'll find out where your heart is. Is it more focused on the here and now, or is it more focused on the eternal? He goes on to say this. He says, set your mind. Okay, one deals with affections. One deals with your thinking. He says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. What's our earthly nature? Let me tell you my earthly nature. I want what I want, no matter what. If it feels good, do it. 
disregard to what Jesus has to say about it. And what he is saying is learning to see what God sees is a powerful key to believing what is right. You see, when we see as God sees, we will do as God says. See, the reason why we give, we give way to our earthly nature, we give way to, to our earthly affections is because we don't see as God sees. And so what that means is replacing our wrong beliefs with right beliefs based on God's truth. When I see as God sees, I will do as God says. And so he says here, therefore what? Put to death in light of what I've just said, setting your affections, setting your heart, and setting your mind on Christ. And so Paul is echoing the same thing that Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, in his first message. And this is a mindset. This is present tense. This is something that is ongoing. I, I have to have a certain mindset. I read some things this morning about trying to put my affections and my heart on things that are above setting my mind on things that are above. You know why? Listen to me, because it, it doesn't come natural to me. The, the things that come natural to me is a train wreck for me. If I did everything that came natural to me this past week, I would not be standing before you today. You'd have somebody else standing before you. Y'all okay? And so we're to seek God's kingdom first. We're to seek Jesus and his kingdom. First, how do we do that? Let me give you just some quick ways. First of all, you got to receive Jesus. Okay, look what Paul says. He says, so then, just as you receive Jesus as who? As Lord, first, preeminent, okay, above all things, continue to what? Live your lives in him. He's saying, hey, you, when you first came to Christ, he was first. He was Lord. He was preeminent in your life. You need to continue to live your life that way, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with what? Thanksgiving. And so how did you receive Jesus Christ? By faith, that he is what? That he is Lord. And so you receive Jesus and then you remain in Jesus. You continue in him. You remain in Jesus. And this is so, so huge. So what happens is I receive Jesus, but I don't put him off to the side. I remain in him. That's why Paul says it like this. Do not let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from what? Human thinking, not above thinking, and from spiritual powers of this world. That's demonic. That's Satan. That's the demons who wants to enter your mind with, with thoughts that will wreck your life rather than what? Christ, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are what? You are complete. You're complete. He's letting them know, listen, you don't need to add anything to Jesus. You have everything you need to be able to live life and to experience life and to enjoy life in Jesus. You are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over what? Every ruler and authority. You know what? He is in charge over everything. Every demon has to bow to him. He's taken away their power. Okay, their authority in your life. So you receive Jesus, you remain with Jesus, and you remember Jesus. You have to constantly remember that Jesus is God, that Jesus is first, that Jesus has to have preeminence in our life. Look what he writes. He says, having been buried with him in baptism, you remember baptism? We baptize underwater. What does that mean? You're saying goodbye to your old way of thinking. You're saying goodbye to, to uh, your old affections. 
and you're being resurrected in him in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So you wanna remember Jesus and who he is. And then finally, finally, you wanna be able to rejoice in Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that through you, I have forgiveness of sin. I thank you that, that you are the ruler above all things. Here's what he writes, okay? He, he writes this, when you were dead in your sins and in your uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive. God made you alive. Remember this. He forgave you of all of your sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross and having disarmed, the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. He says, listen, never forget that. Rejoice in the fact that you have power to do what God is asking you to do. Remember that. So I don't have to act on thoughts and feelings that come to my mind. Every thought, that comes to my mind, every feeling that I experience, I don't have to act on those because they will lead me down a path of destruction. And so how do we get into the kingdom? We receive Jesus, we remain in him, okay? We remember him and we rejoice in him. And then Paul goes into what does it look like to remain in him? What does it look like to rejoice in him? What does it look like to continue to have him experience the lordship and being first in our life, okay? He gives us a number of areas. One is in relationships, relationships in the kingdom. You've heard me say this over and over again, that no one should do relationships better than Christ followers. Why? Because of everything that I just said. And the reason why we struggle with relationships is because Jesus isn't first. Y'all okay? Because he doesn't have preeminence in my life. Don't think it's one's personality and another's personality. <laughs> the reason why you struggle in your marriage, one is you're human, but the second thing and most important thing is Jesus isn't first because he will allow you to have the power to deal with whatever comes across your path. And so look at what he says about relationships. Here's what Paul says. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Wow. You see, he writes to the church in Rome. He says, if you put to death, okay, if you put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you, you'll experience life. You'll experience peace. You'll experience good relationships. You'll have joy. And so Paul here says, put to death earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Let me help you with that, okay? That means sex outside of marriage is sinful. It's wrong. What he is saying here, he's not against sex. You need to understand that God's the one that created it. Isn't he good? What he is saying is in my kingdom, the way in which it works, it works between a man and a woman who are committed to each other in a covenant relationship called marriage. I know that's tough for us to hear. I know we don't wanna hear that. You know why? Because we don't set our heart and our mind above things. And you need to know that I love you. If you're living together, it's wrong, it's sinful. Ladies, tell them to put a ring on your finger. 
Be committed to me. You see, listen to me. Marriage is a picture of the church. You want to know why the world is so confused? Because the church is confused. See, marriage is a picture of the church. Jesus is the groom. We're the bride. So if you want to know how Jesus loves you, you should look at how a man loves his wife. If you want to know how we should respond to Jesus, you should look at how a woman responds to her husband. And so sex outside of marriage, listen to me. I want you to know I love you. This is a safe place to hear a dangerous truth is wrong. It's just wrong. Nobody will talk about it. Everybody's afraid to go there. I'm not. You know why? Because I love you. Love does not rejoice in the wrong. Love rejoices in the truth. Now, you know what? Whatever you decide, I'm going to love you. I'm just wanting you to live life to the fullest. I'm wanting you to be able to live life in a way that expresses right relationships and peace of mind and joy. He says impurity. Impurity is thoughts, and that's where, where it really starts. You see, listen, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your head. That's, that's why I have to set my heart and my mind on things that are above. Because if I don't, I won't be faithful to my wife. Hello? I won't be faithful to my kids. Because you say, Dwight, are you ever tempted? Absolutely. I'm tempted in all ways. We are fallen creatures. And the only way that I can successfully be able to deal with the relationships in my life is to be able to control my mind. And if I control my mind through Christ setting him above all things, then I can control my sexuality. I can control all of that. And, and so we have to understand that. And so it all begins in my heart. Listen, listen to me, okay? I want to help you with something. Your heart is desperately wicked. My heart is desperately wicked. I just want to do what my heart says. Really? Man, that's a dangerous path. You see, lusts and evil desires, what happens is those are strong things. Those are powerful, powerful things. And so we, ha we have to understand that because it moves to a burning desire. And what happens is we will be like the, the, those people in the days of old. They did whatever they wanted. And you know what? Then we lose the influence that we have. And so we have to deal with that or they will enslave us. They will enslave us. Look what else he says here. He says, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. You know what he's saying here? He says, not only, not only your actions, but your words. He says, now that you are a Christ follower, get rid of your rage, get rid of your anger, get rid of the malice, get rid of the filthy language, get rid of the slander, the gossip, all of that. He's saying, do not do that. He says, that's not who you are now. He says, do not lie. Look at what he says here. He says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being what? Renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. You see, he's saying here, he's saying, hey, you know what? You need to deal with your sexuality. You need to understand how it works in the kingdom of God. That sex outside of marriage is wrong. Only, only between a man and a woman in marriage is it right. That's how God works. That's how God sees it. And so if you're living together, what I would encourage you to do, contact me. I'll marry you today. Put God first, okay? Just put God first. 
That's what he, he's, 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 all he's here to do is to help you make life do right and to be able to enjoy life. He's not angry at you. He's not mad at you, okay? He wants you to enjoy life. So he says, hey, here's the best way to do that. And by the way, don't lie to each other. Don't lie to each other. Don't, don't slander one another. He's saying all of that. And then he talks about something else. He talks about possessions in the kingdom. Wow, y'all ready for this one? He talks about greed. And greed is when you and I desire that which does not belong to us. It's the opposite of contentment. Wow. And all sexual immorality has a form of greed in it because I want that which I should not have. I want her, I want him. Shouldn't have it, but I want it. Why? Because I'm greedy. Because I want everything my desires want. And he talks about this. And so he talks about possessions. Let's look at this. Possessions in the kingdom. Here's what he says. You ready for this? Okay. Here, here's what he says. He says, do not be what? Do not be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater. What's an idolater? That means that you're worshiping something other than God. You have something in first place other than God. And he says, when you worship your sexuality, when you place your sexuality above God, when you place your possessions above God, you're an idolater. That's what he's telling the people in Colossae. He says, you're worshiping the things of what? This world. Because of these things, the anger of God is coming. He says, that's why God laid the sins of yours and mine and the world on Christ, so that we wouldn't need to go there anymore. We wouldn't need to go there. He says, you used to do these things when your life was still a part of the what? The world. He said, you used to act like this. You used to live this way before you came to Christ. But now that you've come to Christ, you know what? That's no longer true of you and me. And so what he is saying here is that, that he wants you and I to be able to live the way in which we came to Christ. How did we come to Christ? We came to Christ as him being Lord. And so he says here, put to death all sexual immorality and don't be greedy. There's only one way not to be greedy. Do you know that? It's to give. It's to give. And really, li listen to me. I want you all to know I love you, okay? You're greedy unless your giving has forced a lifestyle change. Y'all all right on that one? Because if it hasn't forced a lifestyle change, then what happens is you're only thinking about who? Yourself. Did you hear Matt and Bailey? Huh? I said, hey, we, we, we were going to, there's nothing wrong with building a brand new house. If you got one, great, I'm happy for you, okay? But God said to them, hey, you know what? Why don't you build something for somebody else? And by the way, th th this isn't about New Point because Habitat Humanity is an is, is a organization on its own. All of that went to them. It didn't go to us. But I applaud them. You know why? Because God spoke to them and said, why don't you do something for somebody else? Why don't you help somebody else? And so what, what Paul is saying here is if you're going to seek God's kingdom, you got to deal with your relationships, your unhealthy relationships, and you got to deal with your possessions, your greed. And I know this is strong, and I know, I know this is hard to take, but the fact of the matter is, it's truth. And if you're truly interested in following Jesus Christ, you have to embrace this. You have to be able to say, hey, okay, God, I want you first. You see, the reason why we're greedy in all things is because we have a scarcity mindset. 
Why? Because you don't trust God. You don't trust God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Now, if I were, at, if I were to ask you if you were greedy, you would say no. You'd say, Dwight, I've never had a greedy thought in my life. But have you ever been there of where you've heard about something and you say, I wish I could do something about that, but I can't. I wish I could give, but I can't. Why? Because you're greedy. I love you all. That's why. Greedy people can't give. They can never give over the hump because the focus is them. The focus is not others. You see, Greed is not a financial issue. It's a heart issue. And so we have to be able to know, we have to be able to know that if we're putting Christ first, we'll deal with our sexuality, we'll live a life of purity, and we won't be greedy. Look at what Paul writes to the the church in Ephesus, which is a stone's throw again. He says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Wow. So why do we talk about this? Because love calls out that which is right. And love calls out that which is wrong. That's why. So what do we do? Well, let's look at this last one, and it's this. It's identity in the kingdom. This is the key to all the other ones. Okay, we live in a world today of where people are trying to find their identity. Would you agree with me? We have identity politics. We have sexual identities. We have work identities. We have race identities. We live in a world of where many people are having an identity crisis. I'm an American. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I'm white. I'm black. I'm straight, I'm gay. Do you know that your direct happiness is directly related to your identity? And when you came to Christ, if you've come to Christ, your identity is in him. You're a son of the living God. You're a daughter of the living God. And he's given you everything that you need. And if you've never done that, I encourage you to tell you to do that. If you, if you have done that and you have drifted from your identity, I challenge you to come back to your identity and to be able to say, I'm not this or I'm not that. You know what? I'm a child of God. Look at what he writes. He says, in the new life, there is no difference between Greeks or Jews. There is no difference between those who are circumcised and those who are uncircumcised. There is no difference between slaves and free people, but Christ is in all believers, and Christ is all that is important. Knowing what God thinks about you is the most important thing. And the only true identity that will bring you happiness and fulfillment and life and joy and peace is Jesus. And so Paul would say, seek him first above all things. Set your heart above all things. Set your mind above all things. And when you do that, then you'll experience life and life to the fullest. Would you pray with me? Just bow your heads right where you're at. I want you to know today that no matter what your struggle, no matter what your issue is, God loves you. 
but he wants you to live life and life to the fullest. And there's only one way to do this, my friend, only one way to do it. And that is by having Christ first, by having Christ have preeminence in your life. Apart from that, you will be frustrated. You'll lack peace. You'll lack joy. You'll lack purpose. You'll lack power. And so today, would you put him first right now? God, I'm going to put you first in my relationships, in my sexuality. God, I'm going to put you first in my time and in my talent and in my treasure. Above all things, I'm going to put you first because I want to be able to live life and life to the fullest. I want to come back to who I truly am, and that is your son, your daughter in Jesus. And so we thank you for this in the strong name of Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.